Hello, friends. We're back again. It's Fightful Overbooked, and it must be the weekend because we got a lot of news and a lot of worthiness, and it's time to get news-worthy with it. Jeremy Lambert, happy belated birthday. I didn't get a chance to say anything on air, but uh, how are you doing, my pal? Joel, if it was up to me, I wouldn't have hired one out of two people on this screen right now. He says sarcastically. <laughs> mm, I don't know. Uh, I'm well. I am well. It is uh, two days after my birthday. I'm at Chuck E. Cheese right now, I hope, by the time people are listening to this. I'm going to be playing the coin dozer, the SpongeBob coin dozer game, trying to win a bunch of SpongeBob cards. That's what I hope I'm doing when you're listening to this. So thank you for listening or watching, and please wish me luck in collecting SpongeBob cards at Chuck E. Cheese. Uh, do, do they do, uh, like a, a prize thing? I've never been to a Chuck E. Cheese. I've been to Dave and Buster's. I've never been to a Chuck E. Cheese. Do they do like the tickets and then you can redeem them for stuff? Yeah. Yeah. What, I don't care about all. prize redemption. Oh, I don't care about all that. They, the kids will have fun with all that stuff. But we went a few months ago and you know, the coin dozer game, right, Joel? Yes, you, I do. Yeah. Okay. So they have the SpongeBob version and like in the game, these like little cards come out, little like trading cards. Um, they like come out, they're, they're part of the game and like you have to push those down into the thing and you collect them. There's like six or seven of them and I've gotten two. I got Squidward and I got Gary last time. Um, and I want to collect them all. So we're go, hopefully I'm at Chuck E. Cheese right now and I'm collecting more SpongeBob coins. That's all I do. I just play the coin dozer game. Chuck E. Cheese is, you get unlimited tokens. Like you just get like, that's and wild. They do it by time. You can do like just a, a certain amount of tokens or credits or whatever. Cause you know, everything's digital on the card now. You don't use actual tokens. Um, but you can get like a hundred credits. And then once you scan your card, however many times, depending on how many credits the game costs, you're out of your credits or you can buy like time. You can buy just like an hour and play as much shit as you want within that hour. And so if I'm just standing there at the coin dozer game, scanning, 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 that's that's an hour right there. I just got a full hour of gameplay. Chuck E. Cheese has figured this shit out. So we, everybody wished me luck. I'm, I'm very excited. This is how I'm actually celebrating my birthday. We didn't do too much on my actual birthday, but we are hopefully at Chuck E. Cheese right now to celebrate my birthday. Celebrate Jeremy's birthday with us. Leave him a happy birthday in the comments and maybe a thumbs up too. We got five articles, as we always do, from the week in wrestling that either flew by your... I got to do that. I got to get that thing down. We're going to retake that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I just leave it in awkwardly. No. Uh, what, is it? what do I usually say? Five five articles that that appeared on that... Uh, five articles that appeared on your newsfeed or flew right by. Okay. Sure. We've got five articles that flew by your newsfeed or flew right by it. And we're going to go through them right now with Jeremy's expertise in the Joel, news. Joel, did you just say it flew by your newsfeed or it flew right by it? Yes. Did I say it right this time? No. Do you want to try this again? I don't. Number five, Wardlow. <laughs> it's time to get AEW back to the day one vibe. 
Wardlow sat down with Dynamite Download. The best part is, by the way, I'm not going to, I'm leaving all of this in. I'm, I'm not even going to edit anything out. I'm just going to let it happen, let it slide, and let the people listen to it. Dynamite Download had Wardlow on their show, and he had quite a lot to say, judging by the article. Uh, let's talk about it. Day one vibes for Wardlow and AEW. How, how are we feeling and what made you want to write the article? Down since day one vibes in AEW. Um, I, I, Wardlow does a lot of interviews. And more than like you might suspect, I think, uh, cause he doesn't get like the, a ton of promo time. Uh, I mean, he had the one last week where he said the momentum's coming back and it's going to be Wardlow's world. And then he had a, he had a huge victory on Rampage last night though. He powerbombed Satnam Singh and then he took out John Moxley. So it's actually going to be Wardlow and Danielson in the finals at Rampage, uh, Dynamite or Rampage Dynamite, Dynamite Grand Slam this Wednesday. So the momentum is back with Wardlow after what he did last night on Rampage. He does a lot of interviews for a guy who doesn't get like a ton of promo time. And this was a long interview. This is like an hour long. Uh, most of the interviews I listen to of Wardlow are relatively short. I'm in like 15 to 20 minute range and a lot of re- generic questions, repeated questions that I've heard a million times. This is a long Wardlow interview. Really good. I like the, the guys that Dynamite download. They, they're very AEW centric and, uh, like, Whatever that, that's their that's their that's their lane, and they they do a good job of covering AEW, and they get some good interviews. And he wasn't like specifically asked about everything coming out of All Out, as I don't know how that works. If you can just be specifically asked about that, but he was kind of asked about like the promo and just like pretty much the changes that have kind of come out of All Out, and you know he said like. Yeah, you know, there, there's been changes. We're trying to get back to the day one vibes, trying to be like a family again, kind of how we were during the, the COVID era. And he felt that they were getting back to that way last week when, when this interview w- was taped. And I think a lot of people would agree that the, 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 the show last week and the show this past week, Dynamite, have been like good, succinct shows with like a good direction and didn't feel as maybe messy as they did previously. Like they felt a little bit more well connected so a anybody that right now that's like even kind of commenting even adjacently on the all-out fallout stuff that's in aew is interesting to me to see how they handle it because i don't know what the rules and the restrictions are when it comes to these interviews if the interviewers are directly told hey you can't comment on this i think that even if it's not direct I think most people, either they don't follow it close enough or maybe they just kind of know or they just kind of ask around it of like, what do you think of CM Punk's comments? How do you really think about him? Uh, I don't think they directly ask that stuff. I'm always interested in like who gets to do these interviews, like who they send out there. There's clearly a lot of trust in Wardlow that they're like, yeah, do this hour long interview and we trust that you will handle and navigate these questions in a way that's not going to make us look bad. So a lot of takeaways from, from this very uh, long interview for again, just uh, people doing different things coming out of coming all out of all out and how they are just handling this all out fallout stuff. I want to get your thoughts on a quote from this article that you transcribed. 
Um, he says, when you go from literally one of the best feuds in pro wrestling in many, many years, anything you do after that is going to be difficult to follow up with. Do I feel like maybe I drop the ball a bit? Maybe. I feel like I owe it to the fans and I owe it to myself to turn it up and it's time for me to challenge next level people. So I emphasize the, did I feel like I dropped the ball? You think that Wardlow uh, sincerely feels that part of this is his fault? Or do you think that there's maybe a little more at play? I just, I want your thoughts because I found that particular uh, quote to be quite interesting to me. So this is where context and tone and the way he's talking is important. And I can't fully convey that with words unless I'm giving just tons of like editorial notes and anecdotes and everything. Because when he's saying this, you can tell in listening that he's like trying to get his brain on track. Hey, look, I, everybody listens to me on this show and a bunch of other shows. I'm very much the same way of sometimes you just speak a little bit and then you pick up your thoughts. Uh, I love the, the Michael Scott quote of like, I just start a sentence and sometimes I don't even know where I'm going with it. And I just pick it up along the way. Like we all kind of do that when we do this stuff, because when you just talk a lot, it's just bound to happen. So when you listen to it, that's kind of the vibe I got from it is like, I don't think he was necessarily blaming himself. I think he was just trying to word it in such a way where he was like talking about the feud and losing the momentum. And he almost like slipped and saying, like, do I think I dropped the ball? Maybe, but like, he didn't actually mean to say that, if that makes sense. If you listen to it and you listen to the, the full thing and specifically though, th- this comment, like, that's kind of how I, I translated it of in my head of like, oh, he doesn't actually think like he dropped the ball with things. He was just kind of talking train of thought sort of thing. And that's what happened. To, to come out. I think he is just overall disappointed that things played out the way they played out. And he just tried to take a little bit of, of blame, but I didn't get the vibe that like, yeah, he actually thinks like this is 100% on him. It was just something he sort of said in a train of thought type of thing. So I encourage everybody to like, listen to it because as I've said a bunch of times on the shows, it's very tough to convey tone context everything in the article. And I try my best if I think it's like a joke or it's, there's a laugh there or something like that. But when you're just transcribing train of thought stuff, you can't always, you can't convey sort of how you think they're actually talking. You're just putting the words down. So to actually hear it, it might give you a different context and a different, um, what's the word I'm looking for analyzation uh but a different way to interpret interpretation uh that's what i was looking for uh can give you a different interpretation than if you're just reading it context is king and i think that's uh clearly and i agree with you it's sometimes it's really good to go in and watch the entire uh story or interview whatever it is um but also you know Sometimes you just got to read the article first and see if it's worth going and watching the whole thing because you get a snippet. So this is good. I'm, I'm glad I asked you because uh, that's that's super duper helpful. Let's uh, let's move on, shall we? Number four, Roman Reigns on not being able to see John Cena when working with him. 
It's better that way. Roman Reigns was on Logan Paul's impulsive uh, show recently and a very good interview. I, I've gotten through a bit of it, yeah. but uh, I, I really enjoyed listening to Roman Reigns. He came off more as Joe than he did Roman, which which I enjoy. Um, Logan Paul's brought on Triple H in the past. I'm sure he's going to have other uh, big top name WWE stars and executives i could see nick khan doing the show down the road who knows but uh in this case we had roman reigns uh tell me about it talk to me roman reigns and his john cena love uh it was a very good interview i i've listened to logan paul's podcast more than i guess i'd like to admit because i don't i don't just listen to his uh interviews with wrestling people like now that he is kind of full-time in wrestling kind of any podcast he does following a television appearance i listened to it to see if he talks about the television appearance or anything like that to see if there's any news coming out of it and it was the same thing with uh mcafee obviously mcafee was on every every week before his hiatus but you know anytime there's a prominent wrestler who has a podcast or a platform like this and they're not there weekly try to listen find news so i actually like logan paul's podcast I really like this interview with Roman because it is very, very much just Joe. He's joking around. He even says like, yeah, listen to one of the podcasts. George over here is talking about how he's taking edibles and he was all fucked up and couldn't remember a bunch of stuff. He's like, tell me about that story. Like he was just like, he was really uh, joking around and having a good time with everybody. So it was a very laid back interview and it was fun. The John Cena stuff. And this is where I don't know if Roman is like, like fully joking, fully in character and everything because they, they talk about the Cena stuff a little bit. One with like the promo and I had that part in there of where he blanked on his lines. And then the other one was like, oh, they were. it was clearly just a throwaway joke of like, hey, is it difficult to work with John Cena because you can't see him? And Roman's like, oh yeah, it's better that way. And then they ask like, oh, what's your relationship with like Cena? He's like, it's fine. It didn't really follow up on it because it's not this hard-hitting podcast where you're gonna be like well what's wrong with him what issues do you have with him they were just bantering about uh i don't know if roman was joking if roman does have some type of issues with cena of whatever they might be i have no idea but i just i found it interesting and it was kind of just an easy headline to to get out of it in a podcast that as fun as it was from a personal perspective of like, oh, cool, this is fun to listen to. From like a news perspective, aside from the fact that it was Roman, there just wasn't a whole lot out of this. There, he didn't really give like great stories or great like newsworthy quotes or anything like that. It, but it's Roman Reigns, and so you just kind of, kind of got to pull whatever you can pull out of it. But yeah, there, there wasn't a whole like ton to it because it was just a banter about podcast, which yeah, personal level. Great. I'd listen to this on my, my off day, or if I didn't have to cover this thing for a living, but professional level wasn't a ton there. So I tried to just pull this out of there, but great interview. Everyone should check it out. And look, if you, I understand if you don't like Logan Paul, but I do think his podcast is good. It's two things, purely speculation. I wouldn't be surprised if Roman and Cena are just not pals. They're two yeah, they're very, friends. they're, yeah, they're not even like they're, they're two very different people. Like Roman has kids. He's, you know, very much a family guy and yeah. Cena's never had kids. Like he just recently got married. Like they're, they're I, I don't think you can find two more different people, uh, at, at your workplace. And as a result, like sometimes those people just 
don't mix it up. They're just not pals. Uh, and so I don't, I wouldn't be surprised to hear that like, there's just, it's nothing. That's all it is. And then when John comes to work, they say hi, they shake hands and that's it. They joke around. I'm, I'm in agreement with you. And, and what I meant by work friends is like, Hey, they'll see each other at work. They'll be cordial. It's that, that is, they obviously work together in a professional setting. That's fine too. But yes, they are not texting each other and being like, what'd you think of this? What'd you think of that? Like, can I get your, can I pick your brain on this? Like, and there's nothing wrong with that because as you said, they are really two different people living two different lives at this point. And that is, that is completely fine. I do think, I almost think they, they'll have a rock and Cena relationship at yes. some point yeah. because Roman is like Hollywood bound. I think we all kind of see this coming. And I do think when that happens more, obviously Roman can lean on the rock for advice and everything, but I do think he will start to pick Cena's brain when it comes to, to that as well, because Cena, especially compared to the rock was back and forth way more than, than rock was. And I still think Roman will be more back and forth more than more like Cena than the rock. And I think that's where him and Cena will bond a little bit more down the line. And rock or Cena's talked about that a lot too. It was like, he didn't, like that rock would just left for Hollywood and just turned his back on WWE. Like that was the whole build to the WrestleMania match. And then after they did mania and a couple years down the line, Cena was like, Oh yeah, I was a fucking idiot for thinking that. Like I completely understand why he could only do this one thing and couldn't do this. It's like, it's very hard to juggle and everything. And now I talk to him all the time and we're great and we have a great relationship. I kind of think it'll be similar to that. Yeah, no, I agree with you there. Uh, and then the other thing I want to talk about real quick, actually, I just want to bring it up is, uh, I, I want to hear Logan Paul's podcast the week after he comes back from Saudi Arabia from Crown Jewel, because I'm looking forward <laughs> to those stories. He's going to have plenty to say, uh, after he accepts Roman Reigns' challenge on SmackDown this past Friday, as we saw after Triple H invited him to the ring, yada, yada, yada. Uh, I can't believe Logan Paul did a GTS onto Paul Heyman. Like, I'm really shocked. Me that was really insane. Dealing. Couldn't that was, believe he it. took out all the Usos too. I don't know about making the tag champs look that weak, but all the super kicks to the Usos. Uh, yep. You know, and then the one winged angel on on Sami Zayn. Oh, that was oh, a little I, much. Oh. That yeah. was a little much. I don't know if we needed that, all that. I don't know. Sometimes you just got to call them out. You just got to really show the people that you're you're good at your job and that you're better than the originators. I guess. I guess. I do look forward Logan to the Logan Paul. Paul and Roman Reigns Saudi match. It's going to be great. Logan Paul's it's good. Be I mean, as a person, whatever. Take or leave him. But he's good as a professional. He is entertaining. And I can't even segue to number three. Jerry Lawler says A&E is doing a documentary on him for the WWE Legends series. Uh, Jerry Lawler's in the news. Go hey, ahead. This is... So I, I found this just in a search and it was, it was really reflecting on the one year anniversary or not the one year, uh, the anniversary of the heart attack. It's like 10 years at this point. Um, so that was like the description in the interview and it was short. So that was one reason that I figured I'll burn through this very quickly. It was like a 12 minute interview. So. I listened to it and this was just at the tail end of he just drops this little news nugget and uh, whatever. I don't, I can't say that I watch these WWE legends, A and E biographies. I heard they're good. Uh, I'm sure they are. I just, I don't have too much interest in watching 
a lot of them. I feel like I've listened to enough of these people talk and I follow their careers to where I just don't have a lot of interest in, in this stuff. And I don't have a lot of time to watch them. That's the, that's really my biggest thing. Less than interest. It's more just, I have not much time to watch more wrestling. That's not what I want to do on my free time either. It's just, Hey, let's watch more wrestling. So I kind of sw- sworn you already did one of these A&E biographies on, on Lawler. Maybe, maybe. But not not in this recent run, not in this like WWE Legends run that they're doing. They haven't done one because I looked at the list. Um, so that that part I can take or leave. This is once again going back to sometimes what we do on this show is news tips for everybody. Is if you search something and you read the description, and maybe the description isn't that great. Like maybe the the description, maybe it's like oh the description. Case in point, this one of like, oh, Jerry Law is just going to talk about his heart attack. He's not going to give any new information about this heart attack that he hasn't said over the last 10 years, unless he's just repeating the same story and you haven't covered it. And so you just want to cover it for the sake of covering it. Or we know how pro wrestlers work. They're just going to add pieces that they never said before to make it seem like it's new and different or the dramatics have increased over the past 10 years when really... We all know the real story that, that came out years ago. It's just now the legend has grown about it. And this, this is not specifically Baller's heart attack. This is literally every story. I have heard so many wrestlers repeat the same story, but they will give like this new detail that they never said before that I don't know if it's true, but they just want to say it to help the legend of it grow a little bit more. The Wardlow, the dynamite download, uh, interview with Wardlow he did the same thing with his calf injury ahead of blood of guts he talked about it beforehand uh he talked in a different interview and then this one he talked about it more and provided new details and provided more depth on it and I'm sure if he's asked about it again later down the line he will talk about how he could get out of bed and walk that day but he still came and he did this uh match at blood and guts so there wasn't, I didn't go into this thinking, oh, I'm going to listen to this and I'm going to cover his heart attack that happened years ago. But it was a short interview. And sometimes you just got to listen to this stuff because you might find little nuggets of information like this from Jerry Lawler. And it's, people can say what they, they want about how relevant Jerry Lawler is. He's on Raw Talk apparently this past week. Good for him, I guess. Um, but it is... It is a little, you're muted, Joel Pearl. Good job. You, you he had saying, some things I, to say and we're not going to talk about them. I don't know what he said. I just saw, I didn't even listen to the clips. I saw people reacting. I was like, well, this sounds stupid. Who cares? Um, my point is listen to anything you could listen to. You never know if you're going to find some nuggets of information out there. This happened to be a little nugget of information that wasn't known previously. And of course, you know, it got picked up by a lot of places and a lot of sites and everything. So. Yeah, if you're looking for work and, and stuff to do out there and how to be better at, at news writing, take initiative, listen to anything you can. Uh, the Batmobile was the star of this show in the article. Yeah, true. Number two, Patrick Clark, Velveteen Dream, okay. responds to EC3's allegations that he recorded that he recorded talent without consent. I, I I'm going to tell you something. I okay. have had both Patrick Clark and Velveteen Dream muted as any any word on my socials for the last like year and a half. So when the allegations started surfacing and the two started going back and forth, 
I was like, what's going on? Who? And then I realized that I had muted them and I was like, I'm better off. So, uh, yeah, Patrick Clark on Instagram talking about EC3 and really weird shit. So here we go. Talk about it. Uh, this is a case of sometimes you just got to cover shit that you really don't care to cover. And that's what happened here with EC3 talking about the original allegations and then talking more about the allegations and then Patrick Clark responding to all of it. I don't have much to add. Wrestlers do cocaine. I don't think this is like breaking news or anything like that. Um, yeah, Shout, I don't know who's... Shout out to EC3 for his rebuttal to everything about the cocaine being like, never failed a drug test at work. And it, every, yeah. everything, everything, but I've never done cocaine. And I was just like, you're not lying. So we're working here. Let's go. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't feel like this is any type of huge news. I think this is, this is an example of you cover one thing and you have to continue to follow up and cover even if you don't really want to because I don't have an interest in either of these two men from a wrestling perspective or even a personal perspective. I think they are they they are there. They live in this space and unfortunately because they live in this space I got to cover things that they say. I don't know who's right. I don't know who's wrong. I generally don't care who's right or wrong, but sometimes you just got to cover this shit, even if you're not super thrilled about it. I will say, Patrick Clark trying to figure out how to work his fucking Instagram, where he's like, is this thing on? Is this working? Is this... this?" And And then the end, where he's like, how do I turn this shit off? That was the best part of all this is him just not figuring out how to work this. And the, be- the the better part was he started off this thing with like, I did, I was helping my uncle or his dad. He was helping somebody like get on the computer. And I Googled WWE and I found this like, you were helping him with the computer. You can't work Instagram live. This should have been a shit show like that. That's the real thing here. But yes, uh, that happened. I did think the control that narrative asshole line was a uh, pretty funny. I'm going to ask you him. It's true. I, okay. We're wrestling fans, Jeremy. Um, we, we, we operate within the wrestling sphere. The question persists and I will ask you, what are the chances that this becomes, is, was a work? And EC3 uh, and Patrick Clark will work together on control your narrative. Cause that control your narrative just had two big hits taken from them. And I'm not saying that Patrick Clark is the guy who can fix that company. God forbid. Nothing's going to fix that. company. Nothing's going to fix that. No. But do you think maybe they're working? They're trying to, to, to get something going. I considered it. I did. I actually, I was going to tweet that. Oh, this is going to be, you know, in, in a couple of years or fuck, maybe later this year, like the, Patrick Clark against EC3 is going to do big business for control your narrative. I didn't want to tweet it because I didn't want to even open myself up 
to that. That's why I, I've said this before. It's like, I'm smart. I don't tweet about this shit unless I'm like trolling and stuff. I just say it on shows nobody listens to because nobody's going to clip it and then, uh, you know, be like, oh, Jeremy Lambert of Fightful said this. No, one, no one's going to take time out to do all that stuff. You tweet it, it's out there. It's on. It's more on a, on a record that people will screenshot and shit. So I did think about that. Uh, if it's a work, it's stupid because no one cares that much. No one's going to pay to see Patrick Clark and EC3. It's not like it's going to happen in a big company or anything. It's they They might end up doing business together because they're both going to need money and income here pretty shortly, I would think. And I don't know how else they're going to get it. And it's probably the biggest match control your narrative can run. I don't know what they're doing. They're not a touring company anymore. I don't know what they are at this point. I'm not sure EC3 knows what they are at this point. Uh, You know where they could do the match? They can do it on Instagram live. Probably. It's wave on. of the future. God no. Well, they have to figure out how it works first. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> that that's the real battle. Control your narrative <laughs> against Instagram Live. Yes, control your Instagram narrative. Let's get to the number one. <laughs> the show, as always, is completely off the rails. Uh, number one, Sasha Banks, aka Mercedes Vernado, comments on her future. Says she's creating so much. Uh, Sasha Banks, Mercedes, whichever name you want to use for her, uh, she's been everywhere. She's been walking New York Fashion Week. Uh, she is in Hollywood. She was doing the Star Wars premiere last night. Uh, I forget the name of the actual show, but uh, she uh, did a, a Andor. Star Wars podcast. Andor. Andor. Yes, the, the the wonderful planet of Andor. Uh, have you ever been there in the summertime? I hear it has beautiful weather. Anyway. I got uh, a vacation house there. Do you? Oh, yeah. God. No one ever wants to give me a vacation house. We'll talk it's about time that. Timeshare. You want to go in on it with me? Oh, really? I hear that it's, I hear timeshares are kind of expensive. No. Kind of a, kind of a slum deal. No, because see, you share the time with me and you only pay for what you use and you can use it as much as you want. Mm. Sasha speaking to Ach to radio. That's all I, that's how it's got to be pronounced, right? Like you're spitting up something. Ach to, uh, yeah, I had plenty to say. This was a, again, a Star Wars podcast. And, uh, of course, Sasha has been known for her work on Mandalorian. So, uh, talk to me, Sasha Banks. So this was teased a couple weeks ago. The, the person who recorded it. Would had the screenshot and it's like, oh, next week Sasha Banks gonna be on the Star Wars podcast, and so like this was obviously gonna be a, a big deal because as far as we knew, this was Sasha's kind of first like public speaking thing since everything that happened with WWE. Mind you, I did not expect any wrestling questions because it's a Star Wars podcast. I don't know how much this guy cared about wrestling and. Again, it could be one of those things where they were told beforehand, not by WWBPR. I don't think she was WWBPR was there at all. It could have just been one of those things beforehand that maybe Sasha said, like, hey, we're not talking about this, no wrestling stuff. And I don't think this person had the mindset of like, I'm going to get all the wrestling dirt on this Star Wars podcast. So I didn't expect anything like that coming out of this, this interview as far as. Uh, talking about the the wrestling stuff. I listened because it's Sasha Banks. She still is wrestling. And it was her first comments, like big sort of interview since everything happened. This was kind of the most noteworthy thing I thought from it. And the, the IP thing where she's just talking about her future and she seems 
very big on wanting to do a music career and things like that. But it all ties together because plenty of people thought Sasha was just, oh, she's headed back to WWE. Now that the regime change has happened and Triple H is there. People thought she was going to show up on Raw this past Monday after EO and Dakota had, had won the titles and everything. It's like, she's kind of doing her own shit right now she's walking the runway she's showing up to all these premieres she was at the she hulk premiere a while ago uh, on top of being at the star wars premiere she's in vogue magazine like she definitely has outside ventures that she's doing where i don't know if wrestling is really at the forefront of her mind if she wants to walk back into wrestling she's going to be welcomed back with open arms by triple h but I don't know if that's something where right now she's thinking like, oh yeah, I can't wait to get back to wrestling because she's kind of proven like I can do whatever I want in this world. And I don't need to just be tied to just pro wrestling when that's going to take a lot of time out of my schedule. And that's going to put you know, a lot of wear and tear in my body compared to just walking the runway and everything like that. And Triple H, he made comments when he did the interview with Helwani of like when Sasha Banks is going to come back. And he kind of said this too, of like, we'd love to have her back. It's what she wants to do. Like, does she want to come back? And I thought that was kind of telling. And I understand he's not going to outright say like, we've talked, this is the plan, blah, 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 blah. Like, I understand he's not going to say that, but it was telling of like, it's what she wants to do because she is kind of in control with this. If she wants to come back, great. She's going to be welcome back. If she doesn't, she clearly has plenty she can do outside of wrestling and plenty she can do that she's succeeding at. Meanwhile, how cool was it this past Friday on SmackDown in Anaheim, because they were in California, when Sasha Banks and Naomi showed up to challenge damage control for those new women's tag titles? Pretty neat, eh? Was this a, an unaired segment? I did not see this. It was a digital exclusive. They're really oh. leaning hard on those. Oh, all right. Well, that's a pretty big digital exclusive then. I guess I should go check that out. You should. Remember the WWE second screen experience when they used to uh, show you what was going on in the arena during the commercial breaks? Was that on tout? Bringing... It was, it was on tout. No, it was on, uh, it was on their, their WWE app and on their, 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 it was on their main channel for, not main channel, their main website for a while. But anyway, the point is Sasha Banks and Naomi came back on SmackDown. I'll take your word for it. I mean, I assume this is doing big numbers on the digital exclusive. I assume it'll be number one when we talk about it next week on Newsworthy. Maybe. Probably not. This week was, this week, this week was pretty interesting. There was definitely things that were talked about. Jeremy, plug your stuff. I'm just trying to watch you navigate this whole thing, Joel. Just trying to see how you navigate this outro. whole thing. I don't have an outro this week. I have a demo reel. It's done. I, don't, I could just coast on that demo reel for the rest of my life. Nothing else matters. No one's ever going to find this stuff. No one's ever going to talk to me about this stuff. It's fine. Oh, I, I guess. Plug, 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 plug your stuff. I don't have anything to plug. You can follow me on Twitter. At Jeremy Lambert. There you go. At Jeremy Lambert 88 if you would like. That's how you can keep up with everything. Keep supporting Fightful Overbooked. Uh, everyone, check out the latest episode of Coexisting with Rob and Maggie. Everyone, check out the latest episode of Tag Talk. There'll be a new episode on Sunday, but go back and rewatch old episodes of Tag Talk. Um, I don't know. I don't feel like we, we did too, too much on Overbooked this week. Everyone, check out FNC. 
and watch Strong Style with Cher and yeah. Joel. Mainly Cher. I don't think Joel adds anything to anything, uh, but Cher is great. So watch Strong Style. That's the, everyone says that's the best show we have now, which makes me feel great about everything. That Cher comes in and just does one show every quarter and <laughs> tops everything we do. I'm talking to her about doing more of it, so uh, we'll see how that goes. And new Joshi Dreamcast dropped this week, for those of yes. you who are Joshi fans. Uh, people really like Scott's uh, wrestling takes, and, and they're very balanced, so go check out the Joshi Dreamcast here on Fightful Overbooks. Uh, and then, of course, I will plug that I have Tim and Joel Call in the Ring every Sunday at noon Eastern here on the channel. Uh, don't find us, because guess what? Our hot takes are probably not for you. Ladies, gentlemen, friends beyond the binary, I am at Joel Pearl, J-O-E-L-P-E-A-R-L. We'll see you in the next one. Cheers.